Good, there's no point in coming. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it, today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning that fine hay in Maseches Psachin. We started a new parak yesterday, Ketzad Solon. How do we roast? How do we roast this pes- Karben Pesach? We know that the Karben Pesach has to be at Sli Eish. Right? The, the Pesach says that it should be at Sli Eish. Fire. Roasted. Okay. And then it says Sliyesh again. So it's very much an emphasis on Sliyesh. That's what we learned. You know what? We have, I think we're going to make good time today. Our objective is to reach the second Mishnah in Maseches, in, in our Parakeet So we're going to start with the Mishnah because we're going to be learning the second half of this Mishnah. Let's just start with the Mishnah, to get that feeling of starting. And then we'll and then we'll start we'll resume with the two dots on Ein Hesav. The Mishnah said, "Ketzatol in Pesach." How do you roast the Korban Pesach? Mivin shapud shel rimon. The Gemara discussed yesterday why we use a spit of a pomegranate wood. Why does it have to be wood? Well, the idea of it being wood is that if it's metal, then it's not really fire roasted, right? It has to be uh, flame roasted. So that's amazing. In other words, if any metal is there that's contracting, right, that, that's actually absorbing the heat and imparting the heat to the meat. So that's already not exactly fire roasted. That's how careful we are about fire roasting this carbon pesach. Fine. Numara asks, how could we should be Shil Rimon? Ari Ribari Libowitz, the great Dafiomi Master, discusses why it's not Baltashkis. Not for now, but that is the thing. We take this spit, and then we have it what? Vertical or horizontal Goranowitz? The carbon pesach. Vertical. Correct. Like a gyro, like a shawarma. A shawarma. Cor- yeah, it's vertical. Okay. Okay, then you stick it through. It has a, lot, a little bit to do with the anatomy of the, of the, this shapud shel rimon that we're using. We stick it through the mouth, it comes out the back, and it's, and how do we, how do we line it up with the head facing down or the head facing up? It has to face down. If you face it up, you're shechting it still, you're shechting it at the neck. If it, if the head is, is up, then it's just going to drip blood all over the animal. It's going to be ridiculous. You have to have the, the head down so that the blood from the shechita Drains out. Okay. Then Nosan Benosan is Krav is Bname of the Sokol. So here we have Machokis, Rabbiosi Glili and Rubikiva, where Rabbiosi Glili says that after you take out the insides of the animal, the Kishkas, and you and you rinse it off, you put it back in the carbon pesach and roast it whole that way. Whereas Rubikiva, American mean Bishel, who said that that in effect turns the animal into a sort of like a pot. And and, and so the insides are roasting are like kind of like pot roast. They're not being flame broiled, flame flame roasted as it were, and they're not being flame roasted if they're inside the animal. They're sort of like cooking there. Therefore, Rabbi Akiva's shita is, and we hold like Rabbi Akiva, that's the Klaan Alacha, whenever Rabbi Akiva is up against a, another Das Yachid, Rabbi Akiva's going to win. We, so you take out the insides, uh, and we don't cook the insides inside the animal. Rather, then the Gemara discussed yesterday, he wears it almost like a helmet. We put, the, the animal does, we take the insides and we drape it over the animal, and we flame, flame, Roast the insides of the animal as well. Okay. So, uh, I don't know about breadcrumbs. That's going to be rough for the Karm Pesach. But um, because I'm matzah smurim but it, it, there was there was a discussion about raw meat. Did you, did you see yesterday, Andrew? I was going to ask you. What do we call it? Ceviche? What do we call that raw? Ceviche is fish. Oh, that's fish. Carpaccio. We go through this every time. Um, that's a, that's a good question, Goranitz. Hopefully, this year Pesach we're going to be we're going to be in one chabur, right, guys? I called it. Okay, so, um, so, so, okay, let's do that, the second half of the Mishnah, because that's, that's going to spring us off. That's going to be the discussion of the Gemara today. So the second half of this Mishnah, the first Mishnah in Ketzatzon says the following. Ain't so long as the Pesach lala shaput v'lala askala. That you can't roast the Korn Pesach on a metal spit, as we discussed, or on a grill. This is not barbecue, right? You're not putting it on a grill. Again, because the grill is metal, it has to be exactly on the flames. But then, Rabbi Tzadok gives us a story that seems to contradict that halacha as follows. Amar Rabbi Tzadok, Maisa b'Rabban Gamliel, Sh'amar l'tevi avdo, ah. The famous Tevi Eved of Rabbi Gamliel, he was an Eved Kanani that really knew halacha cold. And a lot, a lot of stories with this Tevi Avdo. So the, the Eved of Tevi 
right? I think in Brachos we talked about he was mashlim a minion, and there was discussion. How could that be? Okay, a lot. He was a tremendous talmud chacham, so to, um, I guess you could say definitely knew halacha. We should all know as much Torah as Tevi Abdo. But here, Tevi Abdo did what? Say utzlei lanu es pesach al askala. Rabbi Gamliel himself tells his evid to go what roast the korban pesach on the grill. How could that be? So it is with that story that we now resume with the two dots on the top of Ein Hayim and all of his follows. Angel and Sepesach asks the Gemara, Maisa Listor, what are you doing? The Mishnah is telling us that you can't grill the carbon Pesach, right? And then we come up with the story of this Rav Gamliel telling his Evid Tevi to go grill the carbon Pesach. So the Gemara answers, this is something missing, obviously, in this Mishnah, and we're going to fill it in now. Says the Gemara, This is something missing, and this is what the Mishnah meant to say. It said, meant to say like this, that you're not allowed to grill the carbon Pesach, but if the carbon Pesach, if the grill that you're using is Minukeves, which means like it has holes in it, then it's permitted to roast on it. What does this mean? So that is the Machlokes, Rashi, and the Rambam. See, the Gemara in Pashtus makes it sound like, well, if it's a perforated grill, so then you can grill it. That's what the Gemara, Pashtus the Gemara, that's actually the Rambam. Rashi says, what are you talking about? How can you grill? We've just spent all of yesterday talking about how it has to be just direct contact with the flame, that you can't put it, you can't even use, the shpud can't even be made out of metal. So you can put it on a grill, that doesn't make any sense. So you have to see this Rashi, it's the third wide left word on the, on the uh, third wide line over here. Um, third line in right, Minukeves, Asuyakivrichayin, so we see that Rashi grilled, right? Because he says it's like Shalanu, like the grill that we used to have. On the Mishnah, by the way, you know what Rashi called this uh, Askala? On the Mishnah, Askala, grill, Belaz. Wow. So Rashi used to grill, and he used to call it grilling. Okay, so, so he says, like our grills today and in his day. Right? So there's space between, obviously, the, the uh, grates on the grill. This is the key part here. The Rashi says, Beferish, not like the Rambam. In other words, don't think for a minute that you're literally grilling the way we do over the metal of the grill. If the shot is that it's hanging over a grill. What's the Chiddush then? It's, if it's not touching the grill, how is this grilling? So the Chiddush is, the article explains, so the Chiddush is that it's actually, like we don't make a gazera that, that, if, that we shouldn't do it over a grill lest we come and bring it down and just finish it off with some searing on the grill at some point in the cooking process. And we don't make that gazera. We don't mind that the fire is coming off of a grill. As, as long, it doesn't have to be just a straight up fire with nothing but no, so to speak, mechitza or something like that, no chatzitza between it. If there's, if there's widely spaced grates, as long as the fire is the only thing that's directly con- contacting the korpesach, it's okay. That's the chiddush according to Rashi. Okay? So if that's the case, it's, it's mutter. The Amar, Rabbi Tzadok, says the Gemara, continues the Gemara, so according to this, right, explanation of the Gemara, our story is in fact, right, an illustration of this halacha, which is that Rabbi Gamliel told his Eved to put it on such a perforated grill and to roast the Korban Pesach that way, according to Rashi, would mean to just put it on the flames above this perforated grill, it's fine. Okay, now, now we're going to have a discussion. We're going to have, this is why Kalman showed up, because we're talking about Orla. It's not Truma, and it's not Tuma, but at least we're talking about Klipe Orla. And it's going to relate to the idea of using just the fire as the heat source of the Korban Pesach, as follows. Says the Gemara. What's the case? This is not about Korban Pesach yet, but we're going to bring it around to Korban Pesach momentarily. You have an oven. What is the fuel of the oven? The peels of Orla fruits. We know that the peels of Orla fruits, that Orla is Asr Bechila and Asr Bechana. So by virtue of being Asr Bechana, right, you're not allowed to really get any enough from it. Okay, so can you use it as fuel? No, that's enough. To use it as fuel for something, that is going to be a machlokis. Um, we had a machlokis earlier on Chavav, I believe it was, where we discussed this already, as you might recall. Yeah, it was Chavav and Beis, Chavzayin and Aleph. The idea was like this. It was actually a machlokis whether you can use the peels of the orla. So that was question number one. Question number two was, okay, let's say the peels are no longer in the peel form, but they've now turned into coals. 
Okay, so now you don't really have the peels of Orla. Now you have the coal remains of Orla. Is that still an Isra or not? Right, that's another step removed. Now, our the question that Rebbeinu Bar Idi asked of Ada Barava was a next level. It was what? Here, you're not using the peels of the orla. You're not even using the ashes of the orla, the coals. You actually, it, you've used the peels of the orla to heat up the oven. Then that, those peels all got consumed and turned into coals. And then gruffo, then you cleaned out the coals such that all that is left now is the heat that was generated by the orla. So, but the orla isn't there anymore. So the question is, is that still us or not? Interesting question, no, Andrew? So I agree with you that it is. So grafa vafa was a pasul divrei haoser. So that's what mahu. So now we see what the gemara means. When it says divrei haoser mahu, what was he asking? He was saying uh, we had a machlokas over there in the right in the gemara chavav and chazayin. The machlokas was can you use the coals? Uh-huh. So the the man Omar who's matir who says you can use the coals. So he's he's only going to answer it if it's actually klipe orla there. But according to Manda Amar, who says that the coals of the clip, what the, what the clipe orla becoming the coals, that those are usher. So then obviously he doesn't need the clipe orla to be ben, right? He doesn't need them to be extant, to be, to be actually physically present in order for it to be usher. So if he's going to say that the coals are usher, asked the Gemara, the Divrei also says that the coals are usher, so maybe you don't need them to be there altogether. So maybe even if once the coals are removed, just the heat that they generated, once it's infused, once it's, the heat is generated, that gets infused into the bread when you bake it, and it would still be usher to use that oven to bake that bread because of the isr hana on the arla. That was the question that Rav Chinnah Ba'idi asked Rav So Amalei, so if Adbar Hava responds, hapas mut teres. That even according, even if you hold that the coals are going to be usher to use to fuel this bread baking, the actual uh, oven, the heat, that heat is going to be mutter if you did in fact remove the coals. Okay. So to that question, so to that halacha, that answer of Adbar Hava, Rav Chinnah had the following question, and it brings us back to Pesach. Amalei. So Rav asks, the Amar, Rav Chinnah Nasaba, I, I think that that's his grandfather, Berman really wants to look into it, he'll get back to us. Amar, Rav Chinnah, Amar, Rav Chinnah Nasaba, Amar, Rav Asi, Amar, Rav Yochanan, Tanur Shisikur, Grafav, it's all about the Pesach, Ein Zetzli Eish. Ooh. So now we're back to our mission as follows. Again, we said that if you in fact use just the heat that was generated from these coals, that it's not considered Orla, right? It's not considered an Iser Hana. So he says, if that's true, so then why do we have the following Limud? What would you say if you took, forget about Orla now, what would you say if you took some sort of heat source, let's say wood or whatever, and then it turned into coals, and you heated it up, you really fired it up, got a nice fire going, and then took away all that stuff, and then roasted the carbon Pesach in an empty oven that was so hot that, that again, it's not touching metal, it's not doing anything, it's just being heated by the heat that was generated by a fire that's no longer there. So Rabbi Yochanan held that that's not Sliesh, you need actual fire. But the reason he knows that you need an actual fire is because of a Pesach. Says the Gemara, Shanamar, what's the limit of Yochan? Sli Eish, Sli Eish, Shtei Pamim. I quoted the first Pasuk, right? Shemos Yud Beis Ches. Well, that's the Pasuk, Sli Eish, Shemos Yud Beis That's Yud Beis Ches. But Yud Beis Ches, the very next Pasuk says, Al Tochum Menu Na, you shouldn't eat it raw, right? You shouldn't eat carpaccio, I got it right, finally. Uvashal Mevushal Bamaim, right? It shouldn't be boiled. Kim Sli Eish, Roshar Al Kral Val Kirbo. Okay? So we say Sli Eish in Pasuk Ches, Sli Eish in Pasuk Tes, Shanamar Sli Eish, Sli Eish, Shtei Pamim. You're saying Sli Eish twice. So to emphasize that you have to have actual fire. It can't just be a fire that was cleared away. However, says the Gemara, you have to follow the logic here. The reason why Rabbi Yochanan said you need an actual fire was only because it said Shliyesh twice to emphasize it has to have actual fire. However, right? In other words, if the Torah hadn't emphasized that it needs to be an actual flame with regards to the Karim Pesach, then we would have treated a fire that was cleared out like Eish. You understand? In other words, the only reason you need such an emphasis to teach you there has to be an actual fire that says the word Sliyesh twice in the, in, the, in the Chumash, the only reason you need that kind of emphasis is because really, in the Shkola Tarakula, with regards to everything else, a cleared out fire, 
right? A fire that generated heat and then was cleared out is in fact considered ash. Well, if that's so, so then why does Yochanan allow um, the orla that would well, not right? Why does Rav Chanina Bar Idi allow right a orla that was cleared out to bake bread? Isn't the heat that was generated from the oven considered to be ash? That's the question. Okay, so to that, Rav Barav replies. So one possibility is going to give two answers here. The first possible answer is no. That once the Torah said Sliyesh twice by the carbon Pesach, it's actually teaching you a lesson that you can apply to Kol Tarakula, which is that any time you need Eish, you, it has to be an actual flame. It has to be actual fire. That's what it means. The Torah taught it us over there by carbon Pesach. And then we learn it from there to everything else. And that's why, right, Rav Chanina had taught us that you need to have an actual flame to be Chayv, or at least coals. We're going to discuss the difference between coals and, and, and actual flames in a minute. But that's why you need at least coals to fire up this uh, bread to be considered an iser. Okay, that's possibility number one. Possibility number two is as follows: a second possible answer. Again, the answer is if you need flame by carbon pesach, then why do you not need flame to be chayev with the iser of orla? So another possibility is hasam over there with carbon pesach over here means time the chasam rachman that the reason why you need an actual flame, and of course, incidentally, we learn very important and very relevant to our mission the idea that you do need an actual flame uh, by carbon pesach right? If it didn't say tzliyesh twice, then I would have said that we only need to roast it, right, with the heat of the fire. Aish uh, here, it means that with the heat of a fire. In other words, just like we said before, that if it didn't say tzliyesh twice, we would have thought that all we need really is the heat, and we don't need the actual flame, but because it's tzliyesh twice, we realize we need an actual flame. Right? But we still would not have compared it to the case of the orla, because remember, don't forget, with regards to the carbon pesach, it says sli ish twice. So the emphasis there is on fire, on actual flames, uh, cooking the carbon, uh, roasting the carbon pesach. But here, when it comes to the the of the orla, what's the issue? The issue isn't the flame. The issue is what eitzim the The issue is in the actual wood, right? In the actual orla, the klipos of orla. So since in the klipos of orla, the issue is the wood, they are no longer in the vicinity, right? They've been cleared out of the oven. The halisnehu. So since they're not there, right? So that's so that you would have thought actually it would not be, have the iser. Um, I would not have the iser of the flame. In other words, it's already not there. The idea is, you know, the first answer was, right, that we learned from the carbon Pesach that we need the flames. And since we don't have the flames by Orla, that's why um, Rav Hanina said that you're, not, that you're allowed to bake the bread once you clear out the oven. The second answer is just basically saying a similar, a, sli- a somewhat similar idea, but basically saying that the issue, even if you had held that the carbon Pesach is teaching you um, something you need to Pesach, that you need the flames, you still would learn, and, and even if it's not true that it's teaching you to call it to Tarkula, that any time it says that you need Aish, you need the flames, but even if you need the heat, the issue with the Orla is not really the heat and how it's generated, but it's really using the wood, really using the Klipos, and that fuel is no longer there. So if it was still in the state of coals, but still in the oven, so then you could say that it's still there, albeit in the state of coals. But once it's cleared out entirely, you still would not have made the comparison to the carbon Pesach. You still would understand that the Isser, with regards to Orla, lies within the fuel. And once the fuel is cleared out, there is no such Isser. That it was the answer. Beautiful. So now we're 22 lines down on Ein Heim Aleph, and we're going to talk about this idea of um, the actual flames versus coals, as follows. Tanarabon. Remember Brisa. And the Brisa says the following. Okay, so here it sounds like you're cutting it up into pieces, the carbon Pesach, and you're putting it on the coals. Um, if you just read that part and read our Mishnah, you say that's for sure not okay. So let's see. Rebbe Omer, the Lacha says, Omer Ani Shazetzliesh. That's good. Wow. That's good. What are you talking about? So the first issue of chopping it up, you have to look at Rashi. Rashi says, He's not chopping it up, God forbid. We know that the carbon Pesach has to be roasted whole. 
That's called incarnier. We used up way too much time last night looking up this old French word of incarnier to try it because we were so excited before that I actually said grill. We thought incarnier maybe is like in terracotta or something. But what it really means is you're making these incisions in the meat to cook it further. But you're not, it's just, it's just to cook it faster. It's not to actually cut it up into any pieces. You're just making inci clean incisions in it. Okay, that's what Rashi's explaining. So that part's not so problematic. But the problem that we're going to have an issue now is you're putting it on coals. Rebbe says it's okay. The Bari Ligwe has a whole um, explanation of Omer Ani. It happens to be Rebbe is the only human being that says Omer Ani in all of Shas. That I did not know. You need to be Rebari Ligwe to know that. So anyway, so he says he's the only one who says Omer Ani. And he's also referred to as being the most modest of them all. Uh, because he had to be super modest to say Omer Ani. So, but doesn't Omer Ani sound like I say? It sounds a little bit like authoritative. So the answer is no, that you're, you're misreading it. Omer Ani, he just means, well, in my opinion, he's being actually modest. He's not saying that's a lie. He's in my opinion, I don't know, I'm, I'm offering my perspective. So it's a sign of modesty. Anyway, so, um, and by the way, Omer Ani only appears once in Chumash also, in, in Tehillim. But that's a whole other, uh, you, have to, you have to listen to Rabbi Leibitz to hear a little vart on the context, why it, says, why it says it there in Tehillim and how it applies to Rabbi Huda. Now see, you needed to have modesty to put together the Mishnah because we really weren't supposed to take Tarsha Bilpeh and write it down. The only way, and that's how you know in life, this is the Goranowitz Musar moment because Goranowitz came back. Goranowitz, how do you know in life when someone's sincere and someone's not, when someone's doing it for their own covet or whether they're doing it for someone else, you know whether they're doing it, if they're doing it for the klal, so then that's total sincerity. If they don't get anything out of it and they're doing it lishma, right. then it's total sincerity. Rehud nasi had the modesty and the humility to do it, to write down the Torah Shabbat Peh, Bechsav, in the Mishnayis, 100% lishma. And that is the only reason why only a selfless person would be able to do that when it's totally lishma. So then we end up with Dafyomi and all the things that came out, all the Torah that was preserved by Rabbi Yehuda nasi writing down the Mishnayis as he did. Okay. So that's Rabbi Yehuda nasi if you're talking about his biography in a larger sense. But now getting back to us, what do you say with regards to this? He roasted the carbon Pesach on coals. That's incredible. Coals is the same as flame, let's see. So Rami Lai Rav Ach Devoy Bar Ami Lai Rav Chista Mi Amar Rabbi Gechalim Eishnei Did Rabbi really hold that Gechalim are considered like fire? Right, the coals are the same as fire. Verminhu, but we have a brayso that says the following: Michvas Eish. All right, we're in Saras world now. You know that some of the Saras start as a burn, and it doesn't just look like a burn and then turn either red or white. It actually needs to start with an actual burn. Michvas Eish means you get burned, and then it turns into the lesion that that turns that uh, turns out to be Saras. Okay, so and it says Michvas Eish says in the pasuk. Right? Oh, basarki yeba oro michvas eish. Right? So michas michas hamichva baheres levanad amdemis olavanad. Okay, fine. So it turns into a michvas eish. So we learn from that. What does the price say? Only elish nichva beish. That the only way you could get this saras, the only way it would be called saras, is if you get burned from an actual flame. It's not just like you you got boiling water on your on your arm. You bur you burn from an actual flame. Aha. Uh -huh. But not true. The halacha is that you can be burned from other things. So how do we know so? So that's what the gemara asks here. Nichva. So we know from michvas eish. The puzzle makes it sound like it has to be actual flame. But if you get burned, but the truth is, Allah is if you burn from hot ashes or beremets, gacheles uh, is the coal, the remets is the hot ashes, the seed roseach, right, boiling lime or gypsum roseach or gypsum, behold of our habamina or really anything, um, or which the Gemara is explaining when it says anything, it means like boiling water, minayim. Where do we learn, right, that it really could be anything at all? Like boiling anything, if you get a burn, then it turns into teras. It doesn't have to be actual mikvas eish, in literally from fire, flames. It could be from coals and, and water and boiling water and all those things. How do you know that? So, Talmud Lomar, mikve mikve riba. As we just read that Pasuk, the Pasuk said the word mikve twice. So the Gemara, the Bryce is explaining that because it says mikve twice, that's to teach you that it, the heat source could be from anywhere. Okay. So now the Gemara is saying, time of the Rebbe Rahmana, mikve mikve. The Rabbi, Rahmana, mikve mikve. And the reason why it could be any boiling source Burn, the burns is because the pasuk says mikvah twice. Hello, Rabbi Rachmana mikvah mikvah. Right? If the, if the pasuk hadn't said it twice, kecholim lavei shenu. 
then you would have just assumed that a coal is not fire, right? In other words, you needed to have a reboy of the pasuk to teach you that a coal is like ash. If it didn't have that pasuk, then the only thing that you would have thought michvas ash could come from is a flame. So we see that the hava amina, so to speak, in the pasuk, the default is that only a flame is a flame, and everything else needs a reboy from a pasuk. So how do you understand, therefore, the Rebbe used actual coals to roast this carbon Pesach? Don't you need an actual flame? So that was the question posed to Rav Chista. So Amalei, so Rav Chista answered, Gacheles shall eat, slow itzrech kral rebuye. He said, no, when the Pesach says Eish, it means either an actual flame or a wood-burning flame, meaning a coal produced from burning wood. That is the same. It's tantamount to an actual flame. The reboy from the Pesach with respect to Tzeras comes from these metal metal coals, or somehow metal um, turning into uh, into coals, that's what it teaches you. But wood burning is actual, it's actual flame. That's always considered actual flame. That was the response of Chista. Okay. So says the Gemara, uh, and you think that Gacholim of Matechas are, are not? The Gemara is asking, why do you think that Gacholim of Matechas are a flame? We're going to have a riot here that maybe they are. How so? Because what happens if Chas v'Shalom, you have a Bas Kohen, who... What's the case here? Why are they bringing this to the Okay, okay, so the reason they're bringing this, so, so, so Geronimus jumped the gun. He knows that we're talking about a Bas Kohen that was an adulteress. And the question is, how do you, she's Chayv Shreifa, Geronimus. So how do you, um, how do you carry out this Misas Bezdin of Shreifa? So you know, right, we have Arba Misa's based in him, and one of them is burning. So we assume it like the witches of Salem, right? Or like Copernicus that was burned at the stake for suggesting that the earth was round. So when you burn somebody at the stake in the movies, you stick them up, and then you have these flames all around them. But that's not how we do it in Besden. In Besden, we take molten lead, and we pour it down uh, the throat of the individual. Uh-huh. However, the Pasuk says, Be'eshti Saref. The Pasuk doesn't say molten lead. There's an actual Pasuk that describes the Mises Bezdin. This is not a comfortable topic. But it says, It says, So you're imagining the witches of Salem, right? The Amar of Masna, Over here means uh, lead. And Rav Masna explains that this is molten lead. So what does that teach you, Goran? What's that? Molten metal is considered the same as actual flames. So why do you need that, an extra Pasuk to include molten coals? Right, so to speak, burning metal coals. We see that, but it, it, that for the sake of the Mesa Basin of Sreifa, it's considered actual ash. So the Gemara says, no, you still would need to learn the Limud of, right, Mikhva Mikhva applies to teach you that molten uh, metal coals are ash for the following reason. Because why? The Gemara says, shiny hasam, damakrab, ash is a Because over there, the Pasuk says, for the uh, Sreifa, for the, for the Baskoin, but ash is a You should be burned by fire. Tisa Reif, Larabos, call Sreifa, Sabas, mina ash. In other words, the word Tisa Reif on top, uh, uh, after following the word Ba'esh makes it sound like it's including anything that would actually burn her. Okay, and the Gemara then says, okay, well, okay, so then certainly Ash should be enough. So why are we, in fact, if it says Ba'esh Tisaref, why aren't we, in fact, using actual flames? To say, as the Gemara asks, Yeah, so let's, you know, like, like, Rahman uh, al right? The Asara Ruge Malchus. So one of the ways they used to do it is they just had bundles of all of these, right, uh, flammable things and then burning at the stakes like old school. So the Gemara answers no. Asha Shreifa Shreifa B'nei Aaron. The word Shreifa applies to B'nei Aaron also, right? B'nei Aaron, they burned the Katoras. A, a heavenly fire came out through their nostrils, came in through their nostrils, burned out their insides, but their actual bodies remained intact. Says the Gemara, Malahal and Shreifa Shreifa of a Guf Kayim, just like with B'nei Aaron, their insides were burned up, but their, the rest of their bodies remained intact. Afghan Shreifa Shreifa of a Guf Kayim. So we have the Gzera Shava, then when you do, a, uh, a Misa's Bezin of Shreifa, you have to leave the body intact. You don't actually burn it with a big bonfire, okay? So the Gemara asks, Okay, so why are you using molten lead? Why don't you just pour down boiling water? So the Gemara answers, famously, because the principle of Nachman, the Amar of Nachman, Amar Kravah, that actually using molten lead instead of boiling water is an application of the concept of love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Brolo Misa Yefa. So you should have a, what? A, a more, a swifter Misa. 
What's going on here? So we also learned in Sanhedrin, right? Even when you do the skila, right? You throw them off the building, as if I recall correctly. You don't want to throw them off a third. You throw them off a two-story building. You don't want to throw them off a three-story building because it's Salam Elokim. You throw them off a three-story building, it's just going to look like kompot on the ground. You don't want to throw him off a one-story building because because then he'll die slowly, so it has to be swift, so you throw him off a two-story building. So Ravari Leibowitz, the Beit HaFiyomi Master, points out, everywhere in Shas where it says it's these horrible situations, like, like certain aspects of Gittin and certain aspects of Mises Bezdin. What kind of We think differently. When we say we think of brotherly love. This is brotherly love when you're killing the person. So he explains that, that maybe, maybe it's the idea of Hillel Zakein you know, when he was asked, um, right, when we had learned already that he, he was asked to teach him Torah, so he said, what? Whatever you don't, whatever you don't want to have to done to you, don't do to yourself. So obviously love here is actually, um, right, culturally, it's a little bit different. We're not talking about putting your arm around somebody. You're talking about considerate and compassion that you literally should treat somebody. Think about how you would want to be treated. And so it's a more literal idea of thinking about somebody with compassion and consideration and therefore it is built in to have a considerate uh, approach. And it's most notable when you're taking somebody who you're punishing and you're taking somebody who, you know, you could easily think, oh, will there be animosity or disrespect? And treating them with consideration and compassion. Really interesting. Go around with second verse a moment because we were a little backed up. Okay. Okay. So now the Gemara asks, however, It's tough love. Yeah, tough love. Okay. <laughs> I have, if I have time, which I, I'm, I'm uh, dilly-dallying here, but hopefully if I have time, I'll tell you a, a story about the yoga master in Israel and tough love. But okay, let's see. Now that we have this idea of Kamocha, so that, and, and based off of Kamocha, we're going to pour down the molten lead for the, for the strafa. So so why do we need the Aaron already? The Aaron we know uh, had this um, right, this fire, heavenly fire, but now we already have from we know the procedures without the Aaron. So the command is enough. Amri love Right. So in other words, if we didn't have the Gzair Shava, then we would have just made sure that it was a quickly burning flame and burn him at the stake, um, like old school. And if we had just learned of Nachman, so Right. In other words, if we only learned of Nachman. Right, that you have to have a then we would what? We would just have a lot of flammable things. Doesn't mean that she should die in a wagon. This is hashta ba'galah is man kariv, right? Ba'galah, quickly. Okay, that just like I mean, come ba'galah is man kariv soon. So kamash malan, the Gleir Shavu teaches you that no, you don't just use a lot of flammable things here. You actually to, to make a quick flame from the outside, but you actually use something very flammable from the inside. Okay. So the Gemara once says, once you learn that, it's So why are we saying fire altogether? What kind of fire are we talking about? Says the Gemara, Lafuke Avar Mikara. The teacher that it has to be something that that even though it's metal, it has to be metal, molten metal that became so hot from a flame. As opposed to what? As opposed to no hot lava treatment here, Andrew. So I apologize for that. No hot lava from the actual earth that you're gonna take. Uh, from a from an erupting volcano, but rather it has to be lead that was molten down by very very hot flame. That's what H teaches you. Fine. Okay, so we're at the first wide line here, the bottom of Ayn Hay Ahmed Aleph as follows. The Gemara says, um, when it says Strefa, we said that you can actually right burn the right the uh, the, the Misa of Strefa can be with any fire source. So does that mean that when it says but right? Because we said Tisaref before, that meant that you could use any kind of of, of Strefa source. However, that can't be true. When we have the Parimani Srafim, what are these Parimani Srafim? Every once in a while, right? Um, we have you bring a bull. Usually you don't bring bulls. But the Oswald explains very beautifully, there are three instances where you do bring a, a bull, right? The Parel and Dovershot Sibor, the Par of the Nasi, the, the Par of the Kohen on, on Yom Kippur, uh, whose blood is right, spread around the Kodesh of Kodashim. Those are a chatas in the meat of the bull. This meat of the bull, the coin is not eating. That's burnt up. Okay. So when you bring a bull and it's burnt up, it says over there, by the bull, 
It says, Okay? Um, so you, you have to actually burn it. The rabbis call Shreifos Abos Machmas Ha'esh. I'm sorry. Uh, right? And yet we have a Bryce that teaches you that it has to be, even though it's a Sarafos Ha'esh and Ba'esh, and we had said already that Tisaref means any burning source, when it comes to burning the bulls of these three special types of Korbanos, okay, we say that it has to be Dafka Flames. We're not going to use the boiling lime, etc. or gypsum. So Zaira says, no. I'm like, Haki Hashta, but you're going to compare the bulls to the Sarafa of Mises Bezdin? Awesome. Over there, when it comes to Mises Bezdin, it starts off by saying flames. Then it says Tisaref, that you should burn her. The rabbis call us Rafus Abbas Machmas Aish. It has to do with the construction of the Pasuk. When you say Aish first, then you think fire, but then it says Tisaref to teach you that you can burn her with anything that's going to create that. However, right? Here, when it comes to the bull, so over there it says by the part that you should first burn it. So that you would assume maybe it could be with any kind of uh, thing that burns. And then it says, So the construction of the Pasuk has Aish at the end to teach you what? the Aish in Midiachrin That it has to be, in the case of the bull, actual flame. Uh, so the Gemara, however, says, okay, well, just read the rest of the Pasuk. Okay, I'm going to read the Pasuk. Here it goes. Good. Wait, I'm going to complete it now. When you read the Pasuk, it does say Yisareif at the end of the Pasuk. So what are you talking about? Says the Gemara, As we turn to Ein Heim and Beis, uh, at 6.15 a.m. Uh, right, so that we just read. That has to be, it says Yisareif at the end. So the Gemara says, no. Ami ahu Yisareif, min ba'yilei l'chidetanya, Yisareif al-chalpisha ein sham deshen, Yisareif al-chalpisha hitzis ha'ur berubo. That Yisareif can't be learned that, to teach you that you can use any fire source. That, that Yisareif is really teaching you that it, it, it can't be, that you burn it in its place even if it's in a situation where the coals are no longer there. And also, even though the fire already has burned most of it, it doesn't mean that you don't continue to burn it. You have to continue to burn it, even though it's already mostly well done. You have to continue to burn the entire power until it's completely consumed with fire. But anyway, that's what you learn from Yisareif, and therefore you don't use Yisareif to teach you that you can use any fire source, any heat source like that, and therefore since the word Yisareif is not available to teach you that, so it's as if the last word in the Pasuk is Eish, and therefore it has to be done by fire, Dafka. Okay. That was all within Rav Chista's idea that wood, right, is like fire itself. What am I talking about? We're going back to Rebbe. Rebbe, remember, roasted his carbon Pesach on, on coals. So that was suggestion number one. All this discussion had to do with what Rav Chista said, that the wood coals are like fire. And then the other one was metal. Now that got us off on this discussion of metal, uh, burnt metal and straight etc. However, Ravina Amar, Kroch Let's take the two first two ideas of the Bryce and teach as follows. The two ideas are the idea of right, our Korban Pesach and back to the Tsaras. So we talk about the Tsaras, Mikvas Eish, that's when the Tsaras is actually what? Not just by flame, the Havamina, says Ravina. The Havamina was never that it would just be a Tsaras that's brought by flame. That even in the very Havamina, it was either flame or coals of a flame. Right? Right? And then the rest of it reads the same. That why, how do we know that you get Tsaras from any burn, even if it's from all these other things like boiling lime and gypsum? So we know that. The Mikhva Mikhva is Mirabe, right? But Ravina is pulling a fast one here. He's saying the Mikhva Mikhva is Mirabe, any kind of burn can turn into Tsaras. But the, the, the real point of Ravina here is that in the Havamina, it's not just that it has to be a flame broiled Tsaras. It can be either from a flame or from a coal. Once you hold it, a coal and a flame are the same. So then, there's no problem with Rebbe burning his korban pesach, roasting his korban pesach, as it were, on coals. Okay. So now, just more more ideas with regards to Rebbe burning his korban pesach on coals. Rabbi Rami Miyama Rebbe Gachalim Ikru Eish. Is it really true that Rebbe held that coals are called Eish? Very minhu. We have the following contradiction from the what? The service on Yom Kippur. What happens with the calling gadol? We know that the pasuk says that he. Yeah, you have to do right. Very good. You have to do the avodas Yom Kippur very very fast. 
right? So the pasuk says that the coin girl is running around and he's got this gecholim, and, and and you have to you have to listen to the words. It says the coin girl is taking right a shovel full of these of these poles from al mizbeach So he's taking what gachle esh. Coals from the Mizbech and he's running in there. So Viriminhi, Gachalei. So when it says Gachalei Esh, these Gachalei Esh of the Avodah Shem Kippurim, right? Yachol Omamos. You might think that smoldering coals. Smoldering means that you don't see a flame anymore. It's it's like sizzling, but you don't see any flame. So you might have thought, well, Gachalei Esh, right? Smoldering the smoldering coals is good. No, Tamadomar Esh. When it says Gach, that would just be Gachalei. But when it says Gachalei Esh, it means no. That it can't be smoldering. It has to be actually flickering, actual flame there. Okay. So E Esh Yachol. So Eish Yochel shall have it. Talmud Omer Gachle. So if it just said Eish, you would have thought that you just walk in with a flame. No, that's why it says Gachle. You need to have actual coals there. Okay, it's not how so. Maybe mean alochashos. Right. In other words, you're not bringing. Um, right. You're not bringing omamus. You're bringing alochashos. You're bringing actual flickering flame. So when it says Gachle Eish, it says both coals and it says Eish. So that means that it has to have coals with a flame in them. That's basically the bottom line. But from that bottom line, you see that when it says Gecholim without the word Eish. It means, it doesn't mean fire. So how could Rebbe use the Gachalim for fire? But we'll see. The Gemara says, Ragu Vakasha. We have an internal issue here. But you're going to say, the Gachalim teaches you that it needs to be coals. Eish teaches you it needs to be fire. So says, says the Gemara, Amas Gachle Yachol Omos. If you would have said Gachle, then I would have thought uh, it could just be Omos. So we see, no, that it has Eish to teach you that they have to be considered fire. And, and that would imply, when it says Gachle, it, it seems to imply that just coals would be enough. Right? So that's why you learn later, that's why you, teach, you learn later that Eish teaches it needs to be an actual flame. Okay? But you need to learn Gachle, right, to teach you that it should just not, it can't be just a flame. So so like we just said, it, may, it seems to imply that as long as it's coals, right, that even if the coals were what? Flickering with a flame, it still wouldn't be enough in the Havamina. The Amar of Shesha Sachikatani, and Shesha said, no, the Bryce meant to teach you like this. Gachle, Yachol, Bein, Omas, Ben, Lachashos. Then we said coals, we thought that either smoldering or flickering would, would, would be in the Havamina. Talmud Lomar, Eish. That's, that's why we learn Eish. So, Eish, Yachol, Shahavit. Once you learn Eish, so you would have thought that it could just be a flame without a source. How do you have a flame without a source? We're going to see. Talmud Lomar, Gachle. Right, so you so to teach you that you have to bring the actual coals. So, okay, so maybe melachashos. So at the end of the day, it's the question that we ask. The question is, how is the kohen gadol going to do it? He can't use what's the havamina? In other words, again, the pasuk says gachle eish. So which is it? Is it coals or is it flame? Right. So the havamina is that one is excludes the other. That if it's coals, it's not flame. If it's flame, it's not coals. So Rav concludes. So first of all, Rav is saying. The Havamina in this whole discussion is that calls and nature are mutually exclusive. And that is a problem for Rebbe who rose to the Korban Pesach on Gechalim. Kashel Rebbe. So we're going to resolve all of this very quickly. Amar Abayi. Tarot Tzachim. Abayi comes to the rescue here as follows. First of all, Gachle Yachal Amos V'Lachashos. Now when it says Gachle, it, it just means, you might have thought that it just means smoldering coals. And not flickering coals. The flickering coals would not be enough. Tamal Omer Eish. That Eish is coming to teach you that no, smoldering is not enough. It has to have a natural flame there. So E Eish Yachal Ratzah Shal Hebes Yobi Ratzah. So if it just said Eish, so you might have thought that if he wants, he could bring just a flame. But if he wants, he could also bring like a flickering, uh, right, a flickering coal. Talmud Lomar Gachle. Right, that you can't just bring a flame. It needs to have a flame with the Gachalim there. How so? In other words, right, you just bring, what, coals with Lachashos means with flickering flames in it. So once you bring coals with flickering flames, the bottom line is, once you do that, you are actually accomplishing everything. Okay, so I'm a Rava. You didn't think Abayi was going to give a shot with that Rava throwing it his two cents here. So five lines up from the wide. Rava says, He says, wait a minute. The Havamina was that you might, uh, he says Abayi, you think the Havamina is that you can either bring coals or a flame? How practically do you bring a flame without a source? Where is there ever a situation of a sourceless, right, coalless flame? So says Rava, The only case would be you have like an oil slick. Right? You smear the thing with oil, then you set it on fire. So who, Lama, Lama, Ute. 
that you would never need a pasuk to teach you that it's not okay. Why? You never bring this kind of fire in front of anybody. Why? Because it, it causes excessive smoke. This is not a good, clean flame. You would never use that in front of a regular king. If a king asks you for fire, you never use an oil slick for a flyer, for that fire. So certainly you're never going to bring that in the base of Mikdash. And so that would never be a Havamina. Therefore, the Havamina could never be a flame on its own. Right? So that whole explanation of Abaye was dependent on this idea that a flame is just a flame without a coal. A coal is just a coal without a flame. But Rabbi is asking, a flame without a coal is not a thing. So therefore, Rabbi reinterprets it as follows. No. You would have thought the Gachle is only talking about smoldering. So we learned H. You would have thought that half of it could be just like a flame and half of it would be a coal. Right? So, by the time he goes into Kosher Kedashim, it's going to, it has to be entirely cold. It teaches us from the time of taking it from the calls, it has to be considered Gechalim, and that is when it's classified as fire. And that's why the Bryson agrees with Rebbe that a flickering coal is classified as fire, and that's why you can use it for the garden. So, finally, Bailu almost almost it's almost spelled with an alpha with an ayin. We had this in Brachas. That we used to say that cedars can't not dim. There, in that context, Amamu was with an ayin. Therefore, we know that we spell almost with an ayin. We will continue with the Mishnah tomorrow.